Everything I learned from movies With a one last plot holes a gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy with your friend Steven This one will drive you absolutely mad Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, learned I Learned From, from movies. movies. And tonight, <laughs> tonight, we start John Carpenter Month. Fuck yes. it's October, that time of year. Oh my god, uh, yes. With 1994's In the Mouth of Madness. <laughs> with Sam Neill, he's amazing. <laughs> Dr. Grant. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> Speaking of We're putting leaving. things in the mouth of something... Could you care for a beverage? I need something in my mouth, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> we have here a delightful variety of fall-time beers. And because, let's face it, I'm a basic bitch, we're going to start with a pumpkin ale from KBC, Kenbunkport Brewing Company. All right. Let's see. All-natural flavor, 4.5% by volume. And there's Urgent General, General's Warning, brewed by... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Kenbunkport Brewing in Portland, M.E. and Memphis. Maine. Ah, hey, not Oregon. Oh, hey, it's like a, it's like a Stephen King's novel. It's, hey, <laughs> it's in Maine. speaking <laughs> of Stephen King. <laughs> oh, Stephen King exists in this movie. Anyway, we'll get to it. How about the beer, sweetie? Stephen King exists. <laughs> Alrighty, so I'm going to pop this top. We got a nice can here. Oh, my top. <laughs> Switching it up, y'all. Yeah, we got both podcasts here to join us. So uh, if you hear shenanigans in the background, it would be them. And I'm going to pour. Got a nice pour there. Oh, careful. Oh, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm drinking this out of my Hunger Games Capital Wine Glass, which is quite quite spectacular. You have Absolutely. to Absolutely, yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> it's like a nice uh, uh, brandy glass. You can just kind of spin it mm-hmm. around. It's a, it's a stemless wine glass, honey. Is that what it's called? Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, so a little bit hazy, but a nice golden ale. Got a nice off-white, creamy, frothy head. Mm. Mm, super, super malty aroma. You can definitely t- smell the pumpkin spices mm-hmm. right off the top. I got the cinnamon, a little allspice, a little nutmeg. What are you getting off it, honey? Yeah. Yeah, definitely a little nutmeg. Hints of cinnamon and stuff. 
Uh, yeah, it tastes like you, you've all tried a pumpkin beer, right? It's it's very similar. It's uh, like a nice little golden ale with uh, some nice little herbal notes and yeah, a little spiciness. Is it yeah, just very something a little soapy about this? Must be you, sweetie. <laughs> must you must tell be me. me. Maybe it's my glass. Maybe I didn't wash all the soap out of the uh, the capital glass. I'm telling you what, straight out of the can, not that bad. <laughs> no, delightful. No, you know what I think the soapiness I'm getting off of it? I think it's a mix of the spices with kind of a florally hop character is what's giving it to me. I guess it's just I, giving it to me. So, but, so, but it's not like the usual IPA where it tastes a little bit like pine salt? No, I'm not getting like cleanser. <laughs> I'm getting that same kind like, of effect. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not that like, no, not that like strict astringent stuff. Just like a little like... You know when your mom puts out, like, the guest soaps, that aroma? <laughs> My mom? You guys never had tiny soaps that looked like they were candies? <laughs> the, the little seashells that... Uh, seashells, yeah. or my mom had little strawberries. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's such an odd custom. Why do we put out guest soaps? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. So, so they don't use them. <laughs> Same with the towels. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> my guests are lucky if I have wiped out the sink. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Ugh. Anyway... <laughs> So in the mouth of madness. In the mouth of madness. <laughs> Can I just say I love Sam Neill? Yeah, Sam Neill. Yeah, he's yet to disappoint me in a movie. Like even back in like early early eighties when he was in like uh, Possession. Oh my god, yeah. that movie. And of course, like everybody knows, like Jurassic Park and Event, Event Horizon. Horizon. Yeah. <laughs> I was well. I was just thinking Jurassic Park versus Event Horizon, and then like this movie is kind of in between. How many actors can do the wide range and be an excellent villain, a very scary villain, and a hero you really fucking want to root for? And in this, he's kind of in between. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's a, he's a man of certain a certain code. Uh, so yeah, in the movie, Sam Neill plays uh, John Trent. John Trent. That's right, John G. Trent. And in the beginning, he's being admitted into a psychiatric ward, uh, <laughs> being ran by uh, character actor John Glover, who I love yeah. whenever I see him on screen. He's hair, great. Hair's perfectly coiffed. Uh, he was in oh, uh, Gremlins 2, and uh, he was the Poison Ivy's boss in uh, Batman <laughs> and Robin. <laughs> that <laughs> movie's a goddamn classic. Afraid you have to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he's in there for, I'm sure, a day or two of shooting uh, <laughs> to get his part in. Yeah. And Sam Neill's being brought in by a couple big orderlies, and he's just right. Ah, let me go. I'm not crazy. The world's coming to an end, or something like yeah. that. <laughs> I've been seen. I've been seen. <laughs> yeah. Like yes, Mr. Trent. <laughs> Welcome. Yes, yes. Um, everything stinks. <laughs> and so then he's being interviewed by uh, another uh, a doctor there at the establishment. Is that right? Or was, no, was, you know, uh, get like man a from the government right? comes in. Yeah. He's from the government. And goes up to the doctor, and the doctor says, oh no, do you think he's one of them? The doctor says, why do you think, or the yeah, the government guy says, why do you think I'm here? Well, we'll call him the well-dressed man, just like uh, the government guy, one of the G-men from X-Files. X-Files, yeah. Or well-groomed man, because he very much has that vibe. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and he goes in, and the doctor runs in and like gr sets a chair up for him, and Sam Neill's... Uh, 
He's drawn crosses all over his... But, by the way, how long was he in there to draw all that? Or... I was I, I felt under like was the like impression the he'd been there day. like a week. Oh, okay. Like, the, when the G-Man first shows up, you think it's like a few hours later, but then he goes like, oh, I see yourself, you've made yourself quite at home here. And I, that was when I was like, oh, okay, he's been here for like a little bit, and he probably fought the first three days and then decided, crosses on everything! My underpants, my face, and the walls. Somebody made the choice of giving him a marker, or do you think that's all self-made You know, I'm not going to lie, it more <laughs> had the look and texture of, like, charcoal. Yeah. So he burned something and then used that? He burned or... his own feces. And oh, okay. Then... <laughs> Come on, honey, think like an he, insane patient. He, he burned his own feces for warmth while yeah. in a straitjacket. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> he wasn't in a straitjacket, he was in scrubs. No, he was in scrubs, that's right. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so they're asking him, like, what what happened? What's, what's your story? What's going on? Where's where's Sutter Kane? And he's just basically like, world's going to shit, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> but what's you going know, on out there? In, in his Sam Neill way. Of course. In his very dignified stage actor. That's just <laughs> it. Like, he still seems, like, so together, even though he's got a bunch of crosses down his face and it's in scrubs. He's still just like... <laughs> for, for a guy who's really drawn good. all over the walls in a psychiatric ward, he seems to have his shit together. He, I'm not gonna lie. Alright, I recently uh, uh, worked for a big tech conference. He had more... He looked more like he had his shit together and spoke more dignified than a lot of uh, multi-millionaire like, uh, company owners that were coming to this tech conference so uh probably slightly better dressed (laughs) so then basically the rest of the movie is a flashback of him telling Mm -hmm. what happened uh basically he was an insurance adjuster investigator uh, investigator or yeah yeah, and he's the best the best and he's a consultant so he's freelance he gets hired by companies he doesn't work for any one particular company and he's hired to Basically, a publishing company ran by Charlton Heston, which is yeah. awesome. It's good to see him for a day of shooting. Um, <laughs> b- basically, their most popular author has gone missing, uh, Mr. Sutter Kane, um, who writes horror novels. Um, so you think, oh, Sutter Kane, obviously it's, it's Stephen King. Except for the covers of them all look very H.P. Lovecrafty. Indeed. And they mentioned several times in the movie that Stephen King exists and Sutter Kane outsells even him, which right there took me right out of the movie because it's like, you can't possibly outsell Stephen King because he sells more books than everybody else combined. Stephen King Take is that, the pub- Rowling. Stephen King is the publishing industry. Like, <laughs> what what's the last Stephen King book? I don't know, but I guarantee that he sold more than there are children in third world countries. <laughs> <laughs> your mom owns it, one hundred percent. That's not even a yo mama joke. That's for real. <laughs> she got it as part of her book club. There you go. Fight me on it. But you may say, but Izzy, I don't have a mom, and this is incredibly hurtful to me. I guarantee she has the book too. <laughs> <laughs> she- <laughs> she has that book in hell. <laughs> no, that's mean. Why would you even say that, that sweetie? That was too far, <laughs> Steve. Dark. Yeah. Dark. Even I, Caster I, Troy I d- does far. not approve. Mm. So anyway, uh, so yeah, their their author is missing and they need to find where he is because he's supposed to be writing this new book that's due in a month and there's already millions and millions of pre-orders and they have mm-hmm. to get it out and uh, copied and all published, people edited, are bas- all that, whatever. People are basically rioting just thinking about this new book. Yeah. Uh, like, from all the other books, he's grown, this cult following that's now kind of turning insane. Well, we skipped a part. Before he got hired, 
uh, by the the by the publishing company or the yeah. insurance. Oh, that's people. right. Oh, that uh, was he it, it, the movie like his flashback starts with he is right in the middle of the case and like debunks a fraud like that, and the company that's hired him is like you should come work for me, and uh, so the main guy um, takes takes him out to lunch and they're sitting at this table by the way r.i.p bernie casey who plays bernie this casey. gentleman uh, uh, he passed away this past talk about week. a dignified motherfucker <laughs> right u.n jefferson uh, oh man revenge of the nerds is a classic coming next week no Woo! it's not john carpenter month uh, but yeah he's the other guy Honey, uh, revenge of the nerds directed by john carpenter <laughs> This movie gets weird, real dark, real quick. The, the rape scene gets even creepier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, the main rape scene. <laughs> There's several. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, they're at lunch and their their tables right at a window and they're kind of talking and talking about insurance justery things and how he um, he's the best. And you see, they're they're up against a window, and I just love this. I loved this whole layout because yeah. they're having their conversation in the background. You see a bunch of people run out of a store. Like, flee. Mm-hmm. And then you see a homeless-looking guy with a hatchet come out of the store. And he looks around. And then he eyeballs these two in the diner. And he just slowly makes his way across the street, kind of slightly limping. And by the way, when she says hatchet, she means long-handled axe. I'm sorry, an axe. <laughs> Cars are stopping. People are scurrying. He stands He stands in the window and is staring at him. They actually turn away from the window to look at some paperwork yeah. and are talking. And then he comes through the window. Uh, everybody flees except for Sam Neill, who just kind of curls up into a ball. Yeah. And uh, and the, the crazy guy leans in and goes, Do you like Sutter Kane? <laughs> <laughs> in the greatest creepy voice ever. I believe it's, Do you like Sutter Kane? That's it. That's the voice. <laughs> Raises the hatchet. You go, man, this was going to be a quick movie. <laughs> yep. And then, claw, 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 two random cops from the back of the restaurant they were in apparently pulling just i was under the impression they came in probably came in the front door while he was distracted like i feel like when he went into the other building that people were fleeing out of probably somebody called the cops then maybe but in that case they would have shot him in the back through the window i would think because they'd be like oh there he is but no because they might have hit sam neil they were trying to get a clear shot everybody cleared out of the road all right all right i'll buy that (laughs) anyway it's a great setup and it's an amazing scene yeah, and then that's when uh, somebody comes to him and goes, Sue, have you heard of Sutter Kane? And he's like, ha, that's really funny. He goes, no, 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 we have a job involving him. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, when they're introducing him, talking about Sutter Kane and all of that, they're like, he, um, Sam Neill's like, so the Sutter Kane man, I hear he's very influential. And they're like, well, you, I mean, you saw his agent. And <laughs> Sam Neill's like, no, I haven't. And he's like, the man with the axe. And he's oh. like, oh, shit, that guy? <laughs> Yeah, so they basically offer him a job to find Sutter Kane and bring him back, blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. and, and Sam it, Neill's pretty sure this is a hoax, yeah. just a stunt to get publicity for uh, for the publishing company. So he really doesn't want his company to have to pay out. Because if, I think it's like if Sutter Kane misses his deadline, the insurance company's going to have to pay out. Like millions, yeah, yeah, tens yeah. of millions. That's right, Caster. <laughs> so yeah, so Sam Neill's on the case. Yep. Um and he goes. Oh. No, he buys the books. That's he right. goes he buys to the bookstore. The book for research, yeah. And yeah. there's creepy people at the. He he doesn't buy it. Well, the new book's not out, but he buys all the old ones and he reads them. And the guy working at the bookstore. Uh, I see you. No, you've been seen. 
he sees you. Or he sees you. That's right. That's right. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Sam very creepy. Sam Neil buys the books. He starts reading them, and then he starts having these creepy dreams about. Uh, he's walking down an alleyway and cops turn into a horrible monster and is beating the hell out of people and there's axes and scary things. And he has this dream a couple of times before one of them, when he wakes up, he realizes that uh, the the edges, the edge binding of the uh, the dust sleeve on all the books, if he they if the he cuts them apart, the dust sleeve on the outside of the book. Oh, oh, like the cover. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the paper cover that goes over the hard cover Sorry, is called I a just, dust sleeve. I just never heard that term before. But oh, it's called yeah. a dust sleeve. Dust sleeve. Nice. Uh, if he cuts them up, they make a map. Right in the middle of Massachusetts? Uh, New, Hampshire, New Hampshire, I believe, is the state that it okay. shapes. Uh, is, he thinks it uh, creates a map right to the imaginary town from all the books, Hobbs End, except for it's not on any maps. Not Derry, Maine. Hobbs End. Hobbs End. So they decide to drive... He and one of the gals from the publishing company drive out. So this chick from the publishing company... Yes. The first time we see her, that's when Hello. the job's... The job's being offered. It looks a lot like her, but she she has like orange lipstick and like is constantly eating her glasses. She's like, very hungry for glasses, and she's like in the business suit and all that. I'm like, she's just kind of unnerving. Like I know she's trying to be sexy or she's, like suggestive or something, but it just wasn't working for me. I don't know. You know what it is? It's she's supposed to be the sexy, powerful businesswoman, except for she's the assistant to the boss, so they have her like carrying coffee and you know carrying a cup for sam neil to ash into when he's smoking because oh, by the way he's chain smoking in this and <laughs> oh, it's great absolutely historic smoking <laughs> um but like they're also at the same time trying to make her like the power woman and also like super sexy and they've got too many things going she either just needs to be like the hot secretary or she needs to be like the power businesswoman. And they're trying to do all of it, and it's not working. And she's not great at trying to be the, like, super sexy, you know, I don't know. She's yeah. supposed to be, like, uh, the daughter, <laughs> Pacino's daughter from uh, Devil's Advocate, I think. Oh, no, that's done expertly in that movie. Yeah, this is what happens when you don't know how to do that, but you're trying to. <laughs> I'd bang her if it was my sister. No, wait. Anyway, um... <laughs> So yeah, so they go on a road trip. Road trip! <laughs> uh, Sam Neill and the lady. And then we find out she's an awful driver. Oh my god, they're both pretty horrible. They're both bad drivers! I'm surprised they both just didn't die on the side of the road and right? it's like roll credits. But um, yeah, they're having discussions and like they'll both not be looking at the road. Yes, um, for very long periods of time. Or like one will or like the, one will be sleeping and the other will be checking the map and it's like, oh... Okay, one of you is driving. Which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, she she's driving without her glasses. And then when she almost hits a kid on a bike, she decides to put her glasses on. <laughs> and then read a map. And then uh, she passes an old man on a bike. And, like, things are getting weird. She thinks the car is flying. Um, and then she goes through the vortex or something. Yeah, she, and... goes, she, goes, through the, she goes through the Hell's Gate. Yeah. And then she comes out the other end of the bridges of Madison County, and, oh, hey, you're in Hobbs End, and that's when Sam Neill wakes up. Oh, so there's a thing with a repeating bicyclist, and it starts, he's a little kid, oh, yeah. and then he's a teenager, and then he's an old man, and then he's basically a skeleton, and she hits him, and then he be, he's the old man again. And uh, it's very interesting, because, you know, they get out, and Sam Neill runs to get a blanket, and he basically grabs her and goes, he won't let me go! 
and then hops on the bike and rides off. Yeah. As Sam Neill comes back to Blink and he's like, oh, so he, he was okay? And she's just like, you drive. <laughs> oh, okay. By the way, during that scene, she was like starting to fall asleep in that. He should have been fucking driving beforehand. Yeah. And then he doesn't even drive. She gets back in the driver's yeah. seat. Yeah, that's the best part. And then, and then that's when they go through the, the, the hell vortex, vortex yeah. uh, and end up in Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I believe it's called Hobbs End. <laughs> but but yeah, she just like pulls out of the bridge and it's like a beautiful sunny morning and Sam But like, after like like Ugh. demon screaming yeah. and like car flying and I'm like, oh hey, you found it. Good job. Ah. Man, I can't believe you drove all night. And you found it. You're amazing. <laughs> you drive. <laughs> uh, so they go to uh what was it, the Pikmin Hotel or something yeah, like that? Yeah, they go to the little hotel and he's like, How do you know where all this is? You, you told me you've never been here before and he's kinda of suspicious. She's like, I haven't, but it's in the books. Yeah. I think she's the editor. Because she's yeah, like yeah. really intimately familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. I think she's like the head editor and like manages his account or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um so yeah, they walking around the hotel and uh he's he's, you know, of course super skeptical and he's like, Oh, I can't believe the whole town's in it. I mean the the late by the way, the lady at the front desk is uh Happy mm-hmm. Gilmore's grandma, which yes, was she awesome. Is. By the way, and she gets fucking horrifying. Yeah, she does. It's amazing. <laughs> Cause like like what's great with her character is just she's just a little side character, but like you watch her spiral down because mm-hmm. like when she you know when they first come in, she's like, "Oh, hi, welcome. I run this little inn with just me and my husband." Sutter Kane, who's that? I've never heard of him. Oh, I'm really? not up on all these things. Um, I have to say, the painting's pretty fucking creepy in the oh, hallway. Yeah, the one yeah. that keeps changing and, and that's then, a nice. And little it eventually touch. starts moving while they're watching, while she's watching it. Yeah, yeah. doesn't move for Sam Neil. The, yeah. start gl- the oh, eyes course. start glowing for Sam Neill at one point, but yeah, uh, yeah and then, yeah. like so they're up in the room and he's skeptical. Like I can believe the whole town's on it. And like look, look around, this entire town is based on his book. And it's like if that were true, I've read these books and right out this window, there's not a giant black church with gold tops 250 feet high. He's like, then you weren't reading enough. It's out this window, and she opens it up and it's there, <laughs> and he's like, fair. <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, if this like if this town really is the books, and that little old da- old lady downstairs cut her husband to ribbons, mm. and I just can't even picture her being able to dust this place." <laughs> uh, then, oh yeah, then... which he does a good job because he goes down and he starts picking her brain at one point, and like, so who helps you take care of this place? She's like, "Oh, just me and my husband do it," and he's just like, "Really? Because this seems like a hard place to keep clean." Like he's. He's a good investigator in this. Yeah. He yeah, asks real good questions. And I have to give this movie, there's a lot of the little things that normally pull me out of a movie. They've done a good job. Like when they pull up, they're driving, I don't know if it's his or her Cadillac, but they're driving a nice Cadillac. Yeah. It's filthy when they pull up, as yeah. it would be after a long road trip. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially going through the devil's vortex or whatever. Right? You're, you're, <laughs> oh, you don't, you wouldn't even believe the, the like sagebrush rash you get on the side of the car you got to buff Dust out. everywhere. Oh. And semen. Have I you, mean. have you ever tried to get demon semen out of Corinthian leather? One time, but I use a good little bleach solution that mm. worked pretty good. That's not really good for Corinthian leather. It's not. At all. It is not. It is like, not. I wouldn't even recommend that at all. So if there's one thing you learn from this movie, it's don't use bleach on Corinthian leather, especially when de- <laughs> demon semen is involved. Demon semen. That's got to be a rock band, right? 
Even better, the flaming abortions. <laughs> Steve, we have two punk bands right now. <laughs> and go! <laughs> so, yeah, so, oh, yeah, so then they go to the church, the big church that's out the window, and they investigate that. And there's people out there with, uh, like, pitchforks and yeah, torches. Pitchforks and shotguns, and they're like, give it back my children! Give us their children! Because the kids are creepy in this. And uh, then the doors town. start flopping open like a, uh, like a bad rock show, and yeah. the children are appearing, and then the children are getting older, and then Mr. Kane appears. Sutter Kane appears, played by Jürgen Prochnow. Yeah! You can't cast a better evil... Evil writer? ...person, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just has that weathered look to his face, and he's got Definitely. that you know, little bit of the, like German accent that comes out in everything. And <gasps> I got it. Jürgen Prochnow... As uh, when we recast Pumpkinhead as the dad, Lance Hendrickson. We re- we recast him as Lance Hendrickson. Uh, okay. Because at the end of the movie, they become one. We'll <laughs> uh-huh. save on makeup. That's for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and the question is, can he get that ripped? I, I think they're both in their seventies now. Like they're like the same age. Oh, are they the same age? Yeah. Because this was this movie. This may. Be- blow your mind this movie was made 22 years ago possibly longer god i'm old (laughs) (laughs) literally a generation i mean special effects are amazing in this movie oh we're getting to the good part with the special effects oh so many good so many good effects and let's not blow them all because some of them are a good surprise yeah they're they're pretty sweet they're basically a bunch of creatures yeah. Uh, the creepy ass fucking kids. The, the kids. So kids are tough in movies, especially horror movies. This movie did an excellent job in that the kids were not in it a whole ton. And when they were, they just slapped a bunch of prosthetics on them and then had them act like kids. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's what. Don't try and get a cat to not act like a cat. That's when you get bad acting. Don't have a kid try and act like a 40 year old man. That's why you hire. Uh, Little people, like the the lead uh, actor from Children of the Corn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Malakesh? No. Malachi. Malachi. Yeah, Malachi. Malachi. <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie's awesome, too. Come yeah, next week, though. <laughs> Wait, he did Village of the Damned, not Children of the Corn. <laughs> you always get those two mixed up. Mm, what are we going to have to do uh, Stephen King month, honey? Eh, we'll get to it eventually, I'm sure. There's <laughs> You sounded so defeated well, just now. <laughs> there's just so many, and they're all no, most, they're mostly goddamn all. terrible. There's so many good ones. How dare you talk about Maximum Overdrive well, that way? We only do the questionable ones, like Maximum Overdrive or Dreamcatcher. No, I guarantee you, Maximum Overdrive is the best Stephen King film, because it's the only one he ever directed. False. The Running Man. No, that Stephen King film. <laughs> well, if it's a film directed. by Stephen King, that he directed it. Everybody was on coke in the eighties. That's why they all seem the same. Anyway, so much cocaine. So how much cocaine was involved with this movie, Mouth of Madness? Um, obviously a bit. But yeah. yeah, basically the small town. Everybody starts turning into demons. There's an amazing creature effect, at least in my opinion, with the old lady who runs the inn. Yeah. Uh, there's some really creepy stuff with her husband that goes on. 
Yeah. And the build-up to it is amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know how much we want to spoil. I mean, there's even scenes that look like they're straight out of Event Horizon, which came a couple yes. years later with, like, the hallways and stuff. Yeah, uh, that's just it. Like, some of this stuff, I don't want to blow it, because it's yeah, it, so much better if you just discover it. it. Basically, you find out everything that Sutter Kane is writing in his books is true in this town that may or mm-hmm. may not be in the same realm of existence. But, yeah, basically yeah. he's writing uh, he's writing nonfiction yeah. and nobody notice, knows it except for in the last book is when it takes over the world. And Indeed. if you read to the end of the book, the, it's it gets the, the demon possession or whatever behind all of it uh, gets its power from the more people who read it. So the more people who read more of the novels, the more power it's gaining. And so with the last book, which apparently Sam Neill brings back, spoiler alert... Uh, more people read it and then they make it into a movie more people see it it just spreads and spreads and it's amazing and i'm not gonna lie this may have one of the best endings ever for a movie it's pretty good yeah i I love the ending of this because it's just like it's what else can you do yeah what else can you do yeah it's true this movie ends the way you and i would write out so by the way would you recommend this movie absolutely absolutely as well i also Uh, fully understand if you think this movie is garbage i i can see this movie is batshit crazy it's a little crazy and i love movies where there are just some things where it's like why did this happen not explained i kind of love that um some people need everything tied up with a little bow and if you're that nitpicky you're not going to enjoy it as much it's like a david lynch movie done well no uh like it's like john carpenter doing david lynch yeah it's it's whoa it's a hell of a motorcycle god damn somebody's an asshole where was i it's like a david lynch movie done well as in like there's an actual story behind it it's not just mm-hmm. random things kind of going on it's and all the quirky fun people. it's the best parts of a david lynch film with some of the best parts of a john carpenter film. yeah there's like elements of lost highway and all that but but yeah <laughs> and blue velvet <laughs> <laughs> a lot of pbr no uh, paps blue ribbon do, do it, it for van gogh, gogh baby <laughs> god damn it <laughs> Coming next week. No. Uh, yeah, so yeah, def- definitely check out In the Mouth of Madness. You don't have to watch Blue Velvet. You really don't. I'll save you that one. <laughs> All right. But In so, the Mouth of Madness. I'm a little parched. It's a little warm in here, sweetie. Ooh, Ooh. it is getting warm. Uh, we here in the Bay Area are experiencing what we like to call our Indian summer, uh, when most people are getting fall and crisp leaves. We finally get actual summertime as opposed to our June, July, and August gloom. Indeed. Uh, so, so, but in the honor of fall, what did you find for us, my love? We have a uh, selection from one of our favorites, Anchor Brewing, here in Woo! San Francisco. Anchor Porter is one of our favorite beers of all time. Yes. And this is a variation of it, the Coffee Porter. I've um, never had this beer before, and I'm so excited. I. I really am, too. It's uh, brewed with uh, four-barrel coffee. Um, yeah, that's a brand. Yeah. Also local here. Uh, here we go. I'm just going to pop the top. Oh, my top! Excellent. And you have a cup I have me. a cup. Fill up that uh, that capital glass. Oh, I'm so excited, Sapporo. I Ooh. hope that you've done the, done well for us and kept the honor and tradition of Anchor. Oh, wow. That is a pitch block beer. Oh, light pitch. does not penetrate that. There are no ruby highlights because there's no light getting through this. I am trying this at every angle. Um, yeah, this is a rich, dark beer. Oh, wow. 
This has a dark khaki colored head with some little tiny bubbles. It's dissipating pretty quickly, which makes me think it's probably has a little bit of a kick to it. Steve just took yeah. a sip. Yeah, it's a 6.7%. I just took a sip. It's basically like our Anchor Porter, oh where God. it's very rich, chocolatey, uh, almost like a velvety satin kind of finish and stuff to it. But it also is punctuated with a little bit of coffee, more, yes. more coffee notes than it normally has. Uh, yeah. This is pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's it's like somebody put fresh brewed coffee and blended it in with a porter. Like sometimes coffee, uh, coffee stouts and coffee porters can taste kind of stale because I don't know if the the coffee's just old or what happens. This tastes fresh and it's oh it's so good. It's all the best parts of coffee: those dark chocolatey and roasty notes on top of an already fantastic beer. Holy fuck. This is yeah. a winner. It's pretty good. Yeah, it looks like, uh, just reading the side here, where they add the four-barrel flash-chilled coffee uh, developed with Anchor, especially for this beer, during mm. secondary fermentation. So it's oh, like a nice right. little uh, secondary fermenting with wonderful cold brew coffee. And for those of you uh, homebrewers out there, we found out one of the tricks to getting an amazing porter without too much like astringency and like tartness and some of the just bitterness that you can get. Uh, they use a really, really awesome malt called Black Prince that is a little difficult to find, but we found it. But even a tiny little bit will turn any beer jet black, but it's not too roasty. So you can add it, you can have a nice roasty flavor without going too deep and still get just a jet black color. Yeah, we've used it on a couple different beers. Yes, we have. Uh, In fact, we even tried it on a pale ale that we want to turn to a black pale ale. That's right. Because <laughs> it was it hazy because we forgot to add a little world clock to it. It turned out pretty well. It turned out awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So fun facts. Fun facts. Super fun facts because fun, fun facts. All right, well, first fun fact. Uh, you mentioned there was the uh, kid on the bicycle earlier, mm-hmm. uh, and he came back a little later in the movie, too. That paper boy was played by Hayden Christensen. <gasps> yeah, Who's we... he, Steve? Hayden Christensen, the guy that played uh, Anakin Skywalker in yep. episodes two and three. And I'm clarifying for Piccolo's oh, okay. Cage and Caster Troy. Oh, well, now you know, kiddies. I'm not sure they've ever seen the first three. I'm not sure I've subjected them to it. Yeah, or that movie uh, where him and Nicolas Cage are in... Uh, during the Crusades? What was that called? Oh, Jesus. All right, you keep reading fun facts. Yeah. I'm going to find out when that what that is. Uh, oh, shit. It's right there on the tip of my tongue. It's like out, outsider, out something. Keep reading fun facts. Outcast. All right, next fun fact. Uh, this is the third film in what John, Comp- John Carpenter has called his Apocalypse Trilogy. Uh, the first being The Thing and the second being Prince of Darkness. I Ooh. don't think I've seen Prince of Darkness. I've not seen it in a very long time, but I do remember like it. You were correct. It is Outcast from 2014. Hey, there we go. Thank, thank you, Netflix, for having that streaming for. Oh month Jesus, or so. Steve! We gotta watch this movie for the podcast. This is <laughs> what, Outcast. Oh yeah. Oh, it's too bad. This is not a visual podcast. You, you, you know I just you... want you all to just Google it and then hit Google Images. Yeah. That, you, that's all you need. You need nothing else in your life. <laughs> the, the, the the movie is actually decent. On a scale but... of Last Samurai to The Great Wall. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, last fun fact I have is the building used as the mental institution at the beginning of the film is actually a water filtration plant in the beaches area of Toronto. It, it has been the scene in other movies, including The Island Fortress and Undercover Brother. Yeah. Um, however, filming can no longer take place inside the building following September 11th. Womp womp. Womp womp. So um, that means, so what you're so, saying is the terrorists won? 
Indeed. Well, but Undercover <laughs> Brother has its place in history as not only the greatest film ever made, but also the <laughs> last one to film at that water filtration plant. <laughs> we knew that it was a we, we knew that it was going to be a historical film. We just didn't know how historical. <laughs> On so many levels. <laughs> Mm, yeah. I love mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. What's that guy doing here? Affirmative action. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Check it out. Honey, um, you know, I need a little something to help me get over the end of this, this beautiful bottle of coffee porter. Do you have anything to help ease my pain? Uh, well, I have something that should be equally great. Uh, this comes from Triple Rock Brewing. Ooh. It's their barrel-aged Black Rock Imperial Porter. God, oh, damn. we got this directly from Triple Rock. Yeah, we went for my birthday, so that's been aging for a few months now. Yeah, about three months, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's their 30th anniversary brewing of it. Uh, they're based here in Berkeley, California. Uh, it mostly just talks about the flavor and stuff here on the side, but yeah. we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> Stand for some PJs. That's beer judging. All right. Woo! Here we go. Pop the top. Oh, oh, my top. Ish. Wait, there you're caught go. on the hook. All right, there we go. <laughs> nice right. long neck little barrel here. Where's your glass? Oh, I set it over here. And the port. like to thank Elevation 66 Brewing Company for their anniversary glass that we're using right now. Shout Indeed. out to Ben and Kristen for securing it for us. This is a uh, cheers to three years. They're on six now. Yeah, that's right. It's been a while. Alrighty, so this is a nice dark beer. Lots and lots of bubbles. This is a ton of carbonation. Goddamn motorcycle um, dick. Anyway. He's just lapping the neighborhood. Sorry about that, guys. We apparently live in a neighborhood of assholes. Uh, we're not the biggest ones on the block, honey! Hey, high five! High five. <laughs> That's what you need. You need to move to a neighborhood where you're not the biggest dick on the block. <laughs> oh, wow. This uh, is... So yes, very dark beer... The head dissipates quite quickly. A little bit of dark ruby highlights coming through. What do you think, honey? Uh, this is decadent. Um, this is a lot of like chocolate and fig and like a little bit of vanilla. Oh my god! That might be from the uh, the rye barrels. Yeah, it looks like High West rye barrels. It was aged in for eight mm. months, but wow, very this smooth, is... very decadent. I love it. This is in the same category as Fifty Fifties Eclipse. Mm. This is delightful. We should go back and see if they have any more. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know. This bottle was like 20 bucks or something, it's if true. I remember right. For, what's this, about 13 ounces? <laughs> to be fair, 350 he... milliliters. So, oh, that's about, oh, it's 17 ounces. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a fancy bottle, a really fancy bottle of wine. Yeah, not bad. But yeah. yeah. And to be fair, our fan- server fantastic. was awesome and for my birthday doubled our hot wing order. That's true. I love hot wings, like, more than a friend. <laughs> yeah, I totally thought he was hitting on you with that. He knows the way to your heart. <laughs> mm. Oh, I'm so pretty sweetie. sure he doesn't dig ladies. <laughs> yeah, that, well, yeah, that's true. So, sweetie, what did we learn from this movie? Sam Neill's fucking awesome, no matter what he does. It's true. I learned that the cover of a paperback book is called a dust leaf. Sleeve. Dust Sleeve. Okay. Sleeve. Dust sleeve. Like the sleeve that'll collect the dust. Wizard sleeve. Got it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a condom for a book, honey. Book condom. <laughs> um, let's see. I learned. I learned Hayden Christensen actually did act before episode two. Who knew? You know, that's a hell of a revelation. 
Uh, I learned that uh, John Carpenter's just the master. He just yeah. is. I I appreciate the days back when he actually cared about the movies that he made, and this was kind of towards the end of that part where the studio didn't step in as much and basically just piss him off, it seemed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the thing with John Carpenter is he got to a point where the studios were like, no, make, just make a remake of this movie, but we'll put slap your name on it. And he was like, no, I like the reason my movies are successful is because I do what I want. And they're like, not anymore. And he's like, fine, here's a pile of shit. I'm out, bitches! <laughs> That's Escape from L.A. and Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> what are you talking about? Escape from L.A. is fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so John Carpenter Month continues. Uh, yes. You can, of course, hit us up on Twitter at EILFM. Or wait, on Twitter at EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies. movies. Uh, of course, we're obviously on EILFM.podbean.com. Mm-hmm. We're on the Instagram. At EILF Movies. Correct. Uh, we're on Etsy. Uh, mm-hmm. My lovely wife, Izzy, for October is making these wonderful... Uh, well, why don't you describe them, sweetie? I am doing classic movie monsters who love to snuggle kittens. <laughs> uh, inspired by, I realized, with all the xenomorph talk recently, Jonesy's the only one who makes it through the first three movies. Spoiler alert. He's a little kitty. That means xenomorphs love kittens. They're their favorite. Uh, we will have those up in the uh, Everything I Learned from Movies shop, as well as my personal Etsy shop at Untidy Venus, where you can also find lovely things like a field guide to movie worms, so you know which one is attacking, uh, and the life <laughs> cycle of xenomorphs. That's right. There's so that also, you, you know which stage you're at. There's also, uh, what is there? There's coloring books. There's mm-hmm. uh, snackosauruses. There's all kinds of wonderful things. You guys should yeah, just check it out. And if you don't find anything that you like, I mean, hit us up and let us know what you do like. I mean, no, you're, I'm sorry. You're find you, some great things. If you don't find something you like in my art shop, uh, your soul is dead. <laughs> well, that may be the case, but maybe maybe their soul needs a little tweaking. Like, oh, I like this, but I want it to be pinhead or I don't know, something like that. Oh, keep an eye out. And as I said before, I'll be adding those to the Everything I Learned from Movies Etsy shop as well. Excellent. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything Everything I Learned from from Movies. And a big thank you to all the Movie Pod Squad, Potter and Family, and of course, our amazing patrons. Oh, Uh, patrons, we love you so much. That's a four-finger discount. You can find them on any podcatcher. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Ruben and Erica. We're only the finest podcasts are sold. Ruben and Erica super amazing people who love movies almost as much as we do yeah actually probably they love them more i think they actually watch more movies than we do they probably do yeah uh they have a wonderful theater and they you can follow them actually at hashtag movie of the day um i know ruben posts on that a lot and you can see what they're well watch what they're watching too yeah you know i'm not gonna lie they probably better taste in movies than we do yeah probably they actually watch legit stuff most of the time i mean this movie's great watch men the mouth of madness (laughs) you know all right so i'm just gonna do a little sidebar here there are many ways to classify a great movie the way that i classify great movies are (laughs) oh no he's hitting the stop button (laughs) so there are movies that change cinema there are movies you know that have won a million awards there are movies with classic actors there are final performances in my opinion the best movies are the ones that you're willing to watch over and over again. This is a movie that I want to watch over and over again. Most John Carpenter movies for me are movies, if there's 
even if it's like Ghost of Mars is on one channel and all of the Fast and Furiouses are on another, do you uh, know which one I'm going to change to? I love the movie Lawrence of Arabia. Are there only two channels on your television? I'm just saying, I love the movie <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia, but the reality is, if it is on and Big Trouble in China is on a different channel, you know which one I'm switching to. That's true. I also have to have four and a half hours. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nobody got time for Lawrence of Arabia. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that why you haven't seen it yet, love? Yeah, I should probably watch that one day. You should. It's a beautiful movie. Coming next week, John Carpenter's Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just want to put out there, if anybody knows John Carpenter, try and get a hold of him, please, and please tell him to make the Creature from the Black Lagoon movie that was concepted out. I've seen the concepts, and I want that to happen. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start that. <laughs> hashtag Carpenter ha- from hashtag the Black Lagoon. Car- yeah, <laughs> hashtag Black Lagoons Matter. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) All right, have a good night, everybody. Good night, everybody! (laughs) We are amazing.